0: Welcome to Birkbeck Voices, the monthly podcast about the latest news and research from Birkbeck University of London. I'm Guy Collender. In this episode, we focus on Chile. 40 years after the military coup led by Augusto Pinochet on September the 11th, 1973. We hear from Gloria Micaelis, an activist imprisoned by the regime during those dark days in her home country. She later moved to the UK, became a student at Birkbeck and spoke at a recent conference at Birkbeck about Chilean women and their resistance to the dictatorship. Gloria Michaelis, thank you for speaking to us. Could you tell us what you can remember about September 11th, 1973?
1: I was at home in in a town where I used to live and I was sleeping when my mum came to my room and said, oh, there was a coup. And I was really shocked. Because although we more or less knew that something was going on, um, we never thought it was going to happen. Hmm? Chile had been very peaceful and democratic, and and we always thought that the armed forces were uh, very constitutional, that will be always supporting the government, never against the government. So it was really a shock. And so I got up and went to um, asentamiento. Uh, somehow we have this idea that the the political parties had arms and that they were going to come and give that to us so we could defend a government agenda government. And but so we stayed there for a couple of days and nothing happened because actually there weren't any arms there were probably a couple of uh, guns somewhere that were never enough to defend uh, the government or fight against uh, the military. Um, so that was it, and just kind of uh, very depressed and defeated, went back home and went back to university. Um Trying to to survive that period, but for example, in my uh, house, you will see the uh, the army forces standing in front, uh, looking. They went to uh, look into my house to see because some people have told them that I have arms, so they went to look into the, everywhere, and uh, and I was asked to go to the uh, barrack. Regimiento, because they wanted to talk to me uh, and that kind of things. Uh, so, at the beginning in Chita, what happened is that we all, I always thought that we were so ignorant the level that what fascism is, because Pinochet was a, a fascist, that we didn't realize that it was so bad, that things were going to get so bad. So, the first day we were acting more or less normally, if you want because we were quite unaware of what was really going on.
0: And how did you become involved in the resistance movement?
1: Um, I was a member of the youth, a political youth organisation in the area so I was already very active going to do voluntary work. People in my organisation that were more well known, they left this, the city because they were afraid that they would be, be taken uh, prisoners. So the one that all of us that were left in there, or were studying there, started working underground to rebuild the organisation and do a small thing like doing some painting against uh, the dictatorship, uh, doing some leaflet, written leaflet and that kind of thing. Yeah. So that was m- the first part. While I was still at university, then I was doing that kind of a job with others
0: and how did the dictatorship respond to the resistance
1: the main focus for them was to uh, disband the main political parties and they started um, looking for all the uh, leaders if you want everyone and from them up uh, under duress and all the the started getting some names and expanded uh, getting people into uh, prison and torturing them, so that was the worst part. There were some concentration camps that were uh, known, that were there, but there were other places that you didn't know so there were a number of disappeared and they are still disappeared actually and they killed a lot of people And that, that was the main response for from them at the beginning And um, you were
0: imprisoned as well?
1: I was, I was but I, I was after that in 1976 I continued studying and um, working uh, uh, trying to uh, reorganize the structure and all that but all that was done clandestine very quietly without any, any fuss if you want and um, I was living at a, in a student hall in a dorm and about 3 o'clock in the morning one night I wake up with three men with uh, machine guns and I was taken from there and then the call COVID- In the corridor, there were more men with... uh, And they sellotaped my eyes so I couldn't see, and they took me to a secret uh, place. Well, and I I went through the same as all the others, actually. So the torture, the different uh, uh, way of torturing and... uh, they were even uh, worse with the women because the the army in Chile is uh, very patriarchal and they think that women should be at home taking care of the kids and the husband and all that. So they were even worse. uh, They were more repressive and more brutal with the women and because they would think that, oh, you prostitute, Mm -hmm. you you should be at home. What are you doing? Uh, uh, So, yeah, it was really a traumatic experience, I think. After uh, I was detained and disappeared for a while in in the city where I used to live, I was taken uh, to Santiago first to uh, solitary confinement and then after that to uh, the uh, concentration camp, Tres Alamos was the name of that one. So in, uh, it was at that stage when all these things uh, came up in the state and Pinochet closed that concentration camp.
0: And how have these experiences scarred you both mentally and physically?
1: It does, but you know that you learn to cope. I mean. For me, um, I thought, okay, I need to survive this because it's, it's really horrendous. There is a. I was just because of these the forty years, you start reading a lot and remembering things. And uh, there, there was a, a commission in Chile that uh, investigated all these abuses and all that, and they um, compile all the way they torture, especially women. And and I thought, well, yeah, that is what they did actually. So I think that we have been uh, able to survive. And personally, because I thought, okay, that is what Pinochet and all his men wanted to break you to to. Uh, make you unhappy to, yes, to defeat you. And I thought, well, that I'm not going to give him the pleasure of that. I'm going to live my life. If someone needs to feel guilty, it's them. And I'm not going to be sad for what they did to me because they did that to me. It's not, I mean, not my fault. It's very simplistic if you want, a very simplistic philosophy if you want. But I think that that's what allowed me to survive and being able to live my life and enjoy as much as I can because I thought, okay, I'm not going to give them the pleasure of uh, doing that because just uh, uh, to mention, for example, uh, uh, two months ago, a friend of mine uh, committed suicide because he was never able to um, overcome all the torture, all what he went through. So can you imagine, 40 years after. And I think, oh, Pinochet is still killing people.
0: And what did you speak about at the conference on the, the 28th of September about Chilean women uh, 40 years on? The conference at
1: Yeah, uh, I specifically, uh, I uh, talked about um, women in the... Um, Irregular army, because um, there was women actually were pivotal to to the protest against pinochet but there were the women that were uh, fighting in the street, uh, marching, protesting uh, that kind of protest. But there were also a number of women that were part of the irregular army, because some uh, organization after when they realized that Pinochet was going to perpetuate himself in power, they they realized that he was not going to live just like that. And they started uh, structuring a uh, the arm branch of their organization if you want. And history have talked a lot about what happened and how one organization um, play a role on that one and uh, but no one mentioned the role that women play on those organizations that they were also active uh, part of that one so my presentation was mainly about that
0: gloria michaelis thank you very much for sharing your personal experiences and uh, your inspirational story of overcoming adversity and your involvement in the resistance and that brings us to the end of this podcast. For more information about Beck's news, events and courses, please visit www.bbk.ac.uk.